Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name. you to turn your Bibles in the Old Testament. I have two scriptures. Both of them are found in the Old Testament. In the book of 1 Kings, the 17th chapter, verses 10 through 15, and also 2 Kings, the 4th chapter, verses 1 through 6. And if you wouldn't mind, I would like to I just go into that particular scripture, and I'll come back and uh, backfill it a little bit later on. In other words, give you more uh, of the context of it. But for right now, if you would be so kind just to uh, stand on your feet once you get it. First Kings, the 17th chapter, verse number 10 through 5. First Kings, the 17th chapter. And if you could just drop down, there's one one verse actually I, I want to go back and read and then I, I'll go back and I'll read the account. Just drop down to verse number 11 and verse number 12. 1 Kings the 17th chapter verses 11 and 12 and as I stated we will go back and backfill this for you to give you the whole context of what was going on. The Bible says, and as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. If you would, Second Kings, the fourth chapter. And if you would, I'll do the same thing here just to get into the meat of it. And then I'll go back and give you the context of it. If you would just go to verse number two and verse through three. And Elijah said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Somebody said that sounds like a question. Because it is. He wanted to know, what can I help you with? He said, tell me. Some of the reasons why we don't get things because we won't tell them. The Bible says we receive not because we ask not. So the man of God is saying, what can I do for thee? Then he says, tell me. Then he asked another question. What hast thou in the house? And she said, thine handmaiden have not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. Eternal God, we're so grateful and thankful to you 
for allowing us to be in the house one more time, God, to be able to hear a word that can change and revolutionize our life. My prayer is today, God, that we not just be a hearer of the word, but help us to be a doer of it. And Lord, as the word begins to minister to us and convict us and convinces us, let us, Lord, then turn and say to you, what must I do to be saved? And Lord Jesus, the word of God is clear. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let that be, Lord, today. Somebody coming to know you in the power and might of your Holy Spirit. And when everything is said and done, lives are converted, people are saved, and living victoriously. We'll remember to give you the glory and the honor and all the praise. Let everyone say in Jesus' name. Before you're seated, I just want to read to you verse number two of the second Kings, the fourth chapter. And Elijah said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? I want to minister to you from the remaining time that I have from this thought. What's in your house? And if I had a subtopic, it would be, are you willing to pour it out? God bless you. You may be seated. I thought about commercials, and, and commercials are very impacting. And there's a commercial out that says, what's in your wallet? <laughs> See, somebody, y'all already beat me down. I can read your lips. And, but that commercial, what it's doing is prompting you, prompting me, prompting us to realize the power that you have in a particular card that you have in your wallet. You won't know how much power you have in that wallet with that card until you learn how to use it. So he says, what's in your wallet? Well, I'm asking you the question, what's in your house? And then are you willing to pour it out? As believers, as children of the most high God, simply put, as Christians, it's high time that we come to the realization that keeping what God has given us to ourselves isn't helping anyone, not even ourselves. When we look back on the day of Pentecost, God was pouring out of himself. In other words, his Holy Spirit. He was pouring it out into the apostles and filling them with his abundant life so that they could go out and in return, pour out themselves into many vessels. In other words, people as they could find. Just by a waving of the hands. How many believers do we have in the house of God this morning? Oh, okay, I, got you. I got a few. Let me ask, are you aware that we owe God? We're indebted to him to do his will. Have you ever found yourself maybe coming to the Lord and, and reminding him of how you served him down through the years? And now, Lord, it'd be a real good time if you produce a miracle in my life right now in my present situation. Now, what if God were to flip the script and then ask you this question? What do you have in your house? And because you're naturally thinking, not considering what he really meant, so here you start rattling off 
what's in your physical house. You say, Lord, <laughs> man, I got me a leather sectional reclining type. Lord, I got me a 60-inch flat screen TV. Oh, and Lord, I got me a king-size bedroom set. And not to mention all of my stainless steel appliances and my solid oak kitchen set. Well, for the record, I'm impressed. But that might be nice. But that's not what he was saying. That's not what he meant when he said, what's in your house? In other words, your body, your spiritual temple. Now, what will your reply be to that? Oh, I, somebody said, I got the Holy Ghost. That's, that's, that's good. I've got the Holy Ghost. I've got the oil of salvation. It's that same power that was given in Acts 1 and 8. And you shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. What if the Lord put it to you this way? Go out and find as many empty vessels, in other words, people, without the Spirit of God. Go out and find as many as you can and then pour into them the oil, meaning the Word of God, into them. And by doing so, it'll cause them to hunger and thirst. You'll be leading them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that, my brother... That, my sister, that's what is known as winning souls for the kingdom of God. I wish I had me somebody to get excited about winning souls for God. Now, that's what I call paying your debt. So now tell me, what would you do if we would be truthful as the church? We aren't using God, giving talents and gifts to their fullest. We aren't pouring out all that we have to fill up lives of others? How many of you know you can't mix oil and water together? They, they, they just don't mix. And it's just like you can't mix sin and salvation together because it won't mix. Many of you are aware in the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 24 through 25, the Bible says, no man can serve two masters for either he will Love the one and hate the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink. Not ye for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body more than remnant? We're either going to trust God. Or trust ourselves, And we can't serve both of them. When I say you can't serve two masters here, our will versus God's will. Because all that does when you try to do it that way is frustrates you. It makes you miserable. Would you make up your mind? Be on this side or be on that side. Remember Elijah said, why halt ye between two opinions? Serve Baal if he's God? Or serve the mighty Jehovah God. But when you do this right here, I'm telling you right now, that, that's, that's not how God designed it. That's not how God meant for you to live your life for him. God wants a return on his gift that he's given us. What are we going to say to him 
When he asked us, what have you done with what I've given you? You probably, because you are students of the word, remember the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, 15, and 19. And unto one he gave five talents, and to another two talents, and to another one talent. And watch this, according to their several abilities. And then he went straightway to his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he gained other two. But he that received the one went and digged in the earth and hid the talent. Well, as fate would have it, the Lord, the master, came back after a long time of being on his journey. And the Lord went to those servants. And the Bible says, and he reckoneth with them. The word reckoneth is an accounting term. Means he's holding them accountable. He wanted to know the particulars of what you did or didn't do. And so now he comes to that one. And he said, well, Lord, (laughs) I figured you're a hard man. So what I did, I, I took that one talent and I put it in the earth. Lord said, wait a minute, come on now, bruh. You could have at least put it in the bank, earned me some interest. But here we go. That's what he thought of the gift. That's what some of us think of the gift that God has put in us. We don't think that it's it's worth sharing. I want to say to you, you are without an excuse. Now, let me go back. I told you I would backfill, and I'm a man of my word. Put it in context and the 17th chapter of 1 Kings, we find Elijah. He's a Tishbite, and he is now about to make an announcement that God had put in his spirit. As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these years, but according to my word. He's talking to Ahab. And now the Lord tells him, after you do that, now what I want you to do, I want you to go And I want you to go eastward and hide yourself, therefore, at the brook of Sherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and it shall be there for you. Water. And he said, perhaps, Lord, what about some meat? He said, don't worry, I got that too. I'm going to send some ravens, them dirty birds. And they're going to come, and they're going to feed you flesh. And bread. Now, if you know anything about a raven, he's a scavenger. Now, can you, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Can you imagine God said, now, what you need to do, go to the brook and just chill. Don't worry. I got your meal coming every day. How, Lord? Oh, it's going to be ravens. He probably said to himself, a raven? Before they even get to me, that food is going to be devoured because that's what they do. They're scavengers. They'll eat anything. But every day the Bible says, in the morning, flesh and bread. Don't forget he's at the brook so he can get his own water. Evening, flesh and bread and water. Then the Bible said what happens is after a while, the brook dries up. Isn't it something when the word that you speak comes to pass? And now you find yourself saying, oh, Lord, how many years did I take? Three and a half years. Now the brook dries up. He said, but don't worry. You know, I think God has a sense of humor. 
Mother Withers, I thought about you. Mother Withers is a widow, and we know that. Widows are usually on fixed income. So just to make this live, he said, what I want you to do, I got a widow in Aiken, and I want you to go to her, and she's going to sustain you. That means she's going to give you everything you need and go to her. The Bible says when he goes to the town, he goes to the gate, and there's the widow right there. She's gathering up these sticks. Now, isn't that something? God will use somebody that has little to no income to sustain the man of God. So as he goes there, he sees her and he says, excuse me, ma'am. She stops. He says, could you get me some water? Now, some of us, we, we just think that that's so trivial. You know, somebody come to the house, we give them some water, turn on the tap. Don't forget, y'all, they're in a drought. That means no water. But, but she didn't blink. The Bible doesn't say she said, well, water, where I'm going to get water? The Bible says she just went to get some water. And while she's walking to get the water, he said, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Why you're going after the water? Could you make me a cake? In other words, some bread. Now, now, now the Bible says that she stops and she says to him, basically, modern day vernacular, you must didn't get the 411. <laughs> We're we not only in a drought, food is scarce. And I, I don't know where you think or how much money you think I'm rolling in, but all I got is a can of meal, cruise of oil. And what I'm about to do, you see me, I'm, I'm picking up these two sticks so I can go and dress it. Me and my son, we're going to eat it, and then we're going to die. I want to caution somebody. Stop speaking negative. Stop speaking all that stuff into your life. God's got some good stuff for you, but you've got to learn to speak life into your situation. You've got to learn to speak life where you are. She said, that's what's going to happen. He says, okay. Do just what you said, but first, make me a cake. Then he began to tell her, the Lord said that the barrel meal won't run out. The cruise of oil won't fail until the day that I call for the rain to come back. If you follow the account, she begins to do just what he said. And don't forget when he asked her, what do you have? To her, it was nothing. But how many of you know, your nothing is something to God? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. It really is. It really is something. So now, as you can see, when the widow woman was willing to take what she had and be obedient to the word of the Lord that was spoken by the prophet of God, when she took the meal and mixed it with the oil, it became a bread for the man of God to eat. But it also brought salvation to her and her son, who were about to die. For they were down to the last little bit, little less than nothing. Right now, somebody ought to shout, it's more than enough. <laughs> See, what you have is more than enough. How many of you know little becomes much when you place it in the master's hand? You, you got to understand that your little is a lot to him. He, oh, come on. I, this lady now realizes she's giving him that. You see, mixing, again, the meal and the oil is like mixing the word and the spirit together. It brings life-sustaining meat to all that is given to it. And it will always sustain you through a dry season. Anybody been through some dry seasons before? 
Hallelujah. It'll sustain you in the dry seasons of life. Watch this. God elected to choose and use someone who had just about lost all hope and ready to die. And you know what? He sent a man of God to her and he asked her a question. What do you have? She said, well, I just got a little something, something, some meal and some oil. Well, that's what she thought. It was a little to nothing. But when she gave it to God, it would be enough. Do you want to be put to the test today? Everybody looking like, ooh. There's something God has been asking of you. And you're saying to yourself, Lord, it's so trivial. It's so small. It probably won't be anything. I'm here to encourage you. It's enough. It's enough for God. Somebody lose your pocketbook, lose your wallet. I'm not talking about money. I'm not trying to get any money from you. I just want you to know you have to do just what God is saying. Remember, when she stopped and the man of God says, okay, do what you were going to do, but first take care of me. First go make me a <laughs> This is crazy. I was thinking about this. She probably said to herself, now wait a minute. You know I'm on a fixed income. You know I don't have a whole bunch. But what I do have, you telling me, okay, do what you said, but first, take care of me. And maybe in her mind, she was saying, okay, if I do what you're saying, then there won't be enough left for me. And then that's where you have to have the faith that the Bible says, because that's evidently what she operated in. Because after that, he said, listen, if you do that, God will do this. He'll make sure the barrel never empties out. The cruise of oil will never fail until the very day that I say, let it rain. And that's exactly what happened. Can I get somebody right now to shout is more than enough? (laughs) I, I, I want somebody to get that in your spirit. I can't help but believe that somebody is probably thinking, but pastor, that's all she had. And guess what? You're absolutely right. But watch this. When you're willing to give it all to God, Somebody say, all. When you're willing to give it all to God and hold nothing back, it doesn't matter how low you get. It will be enough as long as you have God. That's the truth. That's a true saying. You may not have what you want like the world has it, but just stop and think a minute. The world was starving in that day, and her her and her son and the prophet was eating and drinking every day. And sometimes we look at the world and we envy them. And we say, I want what the world has. No, you don't want what the world has. You don't want that. You don't want to be living like they're living. Because guess what? Payday is coming after a while. You got to pay for the things that the world does. Now, allow me to ask you this question. What's in your house? And are you willing to obey the word of God? As the widow did. You see, she saved herself and her son by what? Giving what she had left to the man of God. The prophet came because God had told him there's somebody in this city that's about to give up on life. God sent the prophet to restore life. And if she would be willing to hear and obey what the Lord God had said. You see, my brothers and sisters, guests and visitors, spiritual death 
happens as a result of giving up and speaking words like, I might just go somewhere and be dead. Instead, speak life. Pour out the negative and pour in the positive. Pour out the negative and pour into someone the oil of the word of God. And when it seems that you have little left to give God, give it to him and watch what God will do with that little that you've given him. It'll cause you to give God glory when you stop and you look back and you think, God, I'm so glad I gave that to you. I want to end back with the scripture in 2 Kings, the fourth chapter. In 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, again, this is a widow. The Bible tells us that she's going uh, to make an appeal. And I'll read at the very first verse, the fourth chapter, 1 Kings. Now there cried a certain widow, or woman, excuse me, of the wives of the sons of the prophet unto Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. So she is, in fact, a widow. And that the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. See, in biblical days, if you weren't able to pay your debts, your children would be basically enslaved. And so she didn't have the money that was required. So she went and she began to make an appeal saying, you know how my husband lived, how he served. He was one of Elijah's prophets. What are you going to do? She goes to Elijah and that's what she's wanting. And Elijah says unto her, what shall I do for thee? I make the case that a lot of times we won't go to God. I don't know why, if it's pride. I, I don't know if we feel that. He's not able to meet and supply all of our need according to his riches and glory as his word stated. But we don't do it. But the man of God says, well, what shall I do for thee? Then he says, tell me. All God wants you to do is just ask him, what is it you want from God? Say, I don't know. I'm not in your prayer closet. I'm not in your personal life. I have no idea what you desire God to do in your life. But as the man of God says, what would you have me to do? He says, tell me. Then he says, what has thou in the house? It's amazing how sometimes we devalue what God has given us in the spiritual realm. When, when we did not have the Holy Ghost, we were at an altar somewhere crying. Oh, God, please, snotting all over the carpet and crying. And then God finally gives you the Holy Ghost. And now guess what? You act like it's, oh, it's just so ordinary phenomena. Anybody can do it. It's just, you know, I got it. Yeah, I got it. That's the part. That's the problem. You got it. But does the Holy Ghost have you? Does the Holy Ghost have you to the place where now you are hungering and thirsting to go out and cause other people to come in? He says, what do you have in your house? She says, nothing. Save. <laughs> in other words, well, maybe I got a little something, something. I, I got these, got some, what is it? What do you have? What does she have? What she has, she said, is, is insignificant. It's just a little oil, a little pot of oil. And you know the account. He says to her, now, what I want you to do, I want you to go out and I want you to ask. Anybody got an empty vessel? Anybody got some vessels that, that you don't need that's cracked up? Anybody got some vessels that you, you're discarding? 
He said, now go and, and get as many as you can. See, the, the key thing is, is according to your faith. And you'll see that in the text. He says, now when you go get these empty vessels, you and your son go in the room, shut the door behind you. And then what I want you to do, I want you to start. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I, I want you to start pouring the oil. It's something about when you have in your heart, now I want to see somebody say, now I want to be able to say, that's my brother, that's my sister. He says, now I want you to go get as many as you can and do that. The Bible says they go and they get the vessels and they start pouring the oil, the oil. The oil is always symbolic of the spirit of God. And so he's, they're pouring out the oil into these empty vessels. Uh, there's some people you walk by and, and they're empty inside. Uh, there's some people you walk by and they need to know the Lord. But nobody is taking time to want to pour into that empty vessel. So they bring back these empty vessels. Go in just like the man of God said. Shut the door. And now they're pouring. And as they're pouring, the oil, thank you, Jesus, the oil is not running out. The oil is still wanting to be poured. But, but now she says, give me another vessel. Come on, give me, come on. stop playing with me. Give me another vessel. <laughs> Mom, I'm sorry. That's all the vessels we have. Right then and there, she stops. <laughs> she didn't understand significance of getting vessels she didn't understand that it was important to get vessels 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 the oil won't ever run out but if you bring me the vessels i'll fill them so now she gets this epiphany gotta go tell the man of god i've won and i've done what you said and now i don't have any more vessels that he shares with her he he didn't tell her before he said, now all of the vessels that were full, I want you to go and sell them. Pay the debt so your sons won't be put in bondage. And watch this. Wait for it. And all of the rest is yours. The money is yours. Get your time in. Payday is coming after a while. Get your time in. Looking for empty vessels. Get your time in. Bringing somebody to the house of God. Get your time in while we yet have life, health, and strength. I just want to say to you, what's in your house? And then, are you willing to pour it out? Thank you, Father. I got to give you thanks. Because, Lord, everything that you have done, I didn't look at it now. I thank you, Lord, for the release of every chain. Everywhere I go, God, I got to give you praise because you have heard my cry. We have been smothered by the grace of God, and it has brought us joy. Therefore, Lord, we was able to make a joyful noise in this city. We have learned to forgive, and with that in mind, God, I just can't stop praising you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Amen.